Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a very special, extremely important episode of Cosmic Crit as we reflect on the last, if you can believe it or not, 83 adventures of the Attack of the Swarm playthrough. Wow. Exclamation point. Uh, This is the season three retrospective extravaganza. And I'm your GM, Patrick, here, joined by five uh, fellow players, Imagineers, and above all else, uh, five of your friends and mine. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Rebecca, Drew, Tyler, Trebert, and Miles. Hey. Hello. The, How are you? Last, last time I will ever introduce you guys in that order. I miss being last. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's going to change in the future. My, yeah, Miles, that's the last time I call your name out last. Well, I hope you enjoyed this peaceful respite from the first two seasons. <laughs> this so, peaceful respite. Unless you, unless you put Rebecca last next season. I was about to say, I mean, if if the things are, are like they have been in the last couple, then it's either going to be... Uh, Jaberta Rebecca, right? Oh, pressure's on you too. Because if oh Rebecca, boy, if Rebecca's last, some real stinkos. It, it, it'll be a pleasant <laughs> reading every week, just like it was. When I'm voting be. for Jabert. <laughs> Give me something. <laughs> I just like it. It's it's more fun. I want something weird. <laughs> I like it when the intro is a trash fire. Uh, I, speaking of trash fire intros, <laughs> uh, we, we got to introduce this episode because people might be a little confused as uh, this is a special episode of the podcast, which, you know, don't go back and look at our episodes in the past where we have actually numbered a retrospective episode and not made it a special episode like at the end of season two that doesn't count uh this is a special episode and if you were paying attention last week's episode was episode 199 this is not episode 200 um what uh, the start of season four is going to commence with episode 200 in the future maybe just a little later on a little later than you expect as at the end of this episode tonight we have a, a special announcement about some yeah. uh, some more adventures we're, the crew's gonna be going on so stick around we're just we're just not ready to turn 200 yet you know <laughs> like we, we this is a rare moment you don't get to choose when you turn 30 but as a podcast you get to choose when you turn 200 and <laughs> yeah. uh we're gonna do that and um well we're gonna be announcing some things as we get closer to it as we're going to have um, some giveaways and, and some other things for folks, especially folks that have been with us, um, you know, throughout the seasons and uh, our Crittermanders in the Discord and beyond who've who've helped us out, um, people on Patreon, special stuff over there as well. So I'm very excited uh, to get to that. But um, yeah, announcement at the end of this tonight's episode. But before we get to that, uh, this week's episode, indeed, special as we are out of character tonight. We're just looking back at this campaign, the characters and the decisions that you guys have made along the way that led you from episode one to episode 83 um, of, of the season. So, yeah, you guys survived a, a brutal war against the swarm. Let's just dive into it. Uh, you survived dead planets and mindscapes and, and swarm counterattacks, and everyone survived. I think I asked uh, 
But when you turned level 13, if you guys were surprised <laughs> by that fact a couple weeks ago. But uh, lots of dark themes, a lot of war themes in this season. You know, the, the, the trauma of facing impossible odds, seeing people dying around you, the memories of those you've lost in the war. Are, are you excited to be moving away, uh, I mean, ostensibly from one of the darker campaigns that have, has, uh, has popped up in the Starfinder universe? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's like I said in my intro, I, 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 the character I created, I don't think was perfectly matched for this story. But I also don't like looking into like what the nitty gritty of the story is going to be before I create a character. I just create a character I want to play. Well, you know, that, and that works for what happens with the fifth in, in book one. For, for sure. Thrown in from all different walks of life. So I, I, I do. I do feel like just in general, uh, I feel like Wynn would have been better suited for <laughs> Attack of the Swarm and Sprouts would have been much better suited for against the ion throne that's that's kind of funny that that's a question uh i mean we'll be go- sprinkling in our um listener questions throughout the evening tonight but one of the ones we got was uh let me get the exact phrasing here uh if you guys could mi- mix and match a, a party member from a previous season within this campaign or maybe switch it up this is from the double doge on the discord uh who'd be in the team you think win would uh would have made a good i, I think thematically, soldier i think that thematically win would have worked i think a little bit better i enjoyed playing sprouts so much and i enjoyed him in the first couple books a a lot but i found that i had less i wanted to tinker with the character as the deeper we got in the story because it was really a story for soldiers and for scientists and stuff and and not as much for a detective and and when we were in situations where we needed a detective like the temple of hylax you know that was that was fun to do but i feel like when could have had a more interesting story uh, regarding the Xeno Wardens and stuff and ha- what what they thought of the swarm and how they would have reacted. And I think there, there mm. could have been a lot of stuff to play with that uh, more so than um, Sprouts, who is one of my favorite characters that I've, I've made. But it would definitely, I think I would have, I would have switched Wynn and Sprouts. I probably also would have built Wynn a little differently. I, I kind of, a small part of me I'm going to get probably some flack in the discord for this. A small part of me sort of wished that in book three, Devasha would have died and I could have brought Nikithi in in book four because <laughs> I, 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 I think I, I think A, I would not want Devasha in against the Aeon throne. That would not have fit. I built Devasha specifically knowing that this was a wartime campaign and wanting to explore like you had to have a tank the, on the battlefield. The, yeah. The war, yeah, tank on the, <laughs> the opposite of what I did, <laughs> and the effect of like wartime fatigue and frustration on a large family unit. You know, that was what I wanted to build when I made the Basho. That being said, uh, man, it would have been fun for Nikithi and Zinnia to be in the same campaign doing like the biological mm. research that they would have enjoyed against the swarm. I would have had a lot of fun because Nikithi and against the Aeon Throne just. I mean, nobody else, I mean, there was just nothing, there was nothing for him to really study. I mean, he was only motivated so much into, you know, killing space Nazis. 
there would have been so much more interesting character motivation um, in the later half of the books with Nikithi coming on board. Uh, I, I hear I you, Tyler. I don't, th- I don't think we need two Burks. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say I wonder, that, that would be really interesting. I wonder if Xenia and Nikithi, you know, with with being able to share perspectives, I, I wonder what that what that would have done to her arc, you know, like if she would have had a different outcome or a different kind of perspective yeah. on things. But since she was a scientist out in the field, kind of alone and trying to grapple with what she was experiencing and observing uh, without her home base and without another scientist to really bounce these things off of. But also, I think if Nikithi had been in the hive mind, we would have probably died. Um, definitely. Uh, we, would we, there, we were... would th- could there have been a hive mind itis? I mean, I have no doubt that Nikithi would have been trying to secretly, or even not so secretly, with Zinnia trying to splice swarm components into Ida's. <laughs> I mean, oh, that's, gross. That would, that would be straight up his alley. Um, oh my goodness. What if it was just yeah, like a cicada husk of yeah uh, i mean I, and that would have been so cool i mean like i i just see so many cool things nikithi could have gone through however the team needed a tank i mean there's just no yeah i mean it's <laughs> that plus you had that exactly that, right like that tyler the, moment in the finale that you can't you don't want to oh, take away oh no i would never take it away it, it, it's the only i mean i would never take any i would never take a dross out of season one and i would never put anyone else into season one but uh, Same. i i would i would have if if I could have had my if I could have had Nikithi in season three at some point, I think that would have been very fun. Um, even if it was just for like a few parts of the adventure, yeah. I think that would have been very if, interesting. If Devasho had died in the Amago uh, bug, that would have been, like you said, probably a pretty good point to to bring in a level seven character <laughs> from uh, season two. Yeah, um, and 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 it would have had a, there would be a pretty easy write-in reason, you know, for him to for you know as just a fellow. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I, I I didn't write him in into the end of the season at all. <laughs> yeah, so I I think that would have been been super interesting. But he, I mean, like one Thresher Lord walks up to him and he's just he's in six pieces. There's just no denying that. Um, so yeah. Um, so I mean, uh, flavor-wise, I do think this is a. Uh, a gritty campaign obviously there are grittier parts of seasons one and two and there will be in in season four but i think for the most part this one had a bit of a different feel at least it started very differently a little darker than uh well, I, than I, ap's in the past i really like the military's aspects of it i wish there was more of it there were a few times where i felt like kind of lo- it kind of lost its way occasionally it would just sort of be like alright we did some military stuff now time to dungeon dive everybody <laughs> it's like well I, I feel I feel that's, that's the problem when you, you run when you have a, a large AP like this is you can't have it be all military all the time you know, it's right. it's it's not that flavor is not going to last that long. Well, I it's, mean, it's not it's well, not a gobstopper. I mean, you can do dungeon crawls. I would say, but so. but instead of a lot, but instead of I mean, they could have been more like focus strikes. I mean, there's just there's ways to flavor it that would make it oh, seem yeah. more military yeah, driven. There, there was just a that, there was yeah. just a point in time where I just really felt like our characters were just wandering around with <laughs> no supervision whatsoever. It was around whatsoever. Book three. We yeah, went and, off to and, this and, asteroid planet. Well, that's or that's a was, very even even before. 
before that, we went, mission. we went to we went to a, a planet which was uh, the refuge that were like the other planet the, the you know the the city the forever planet. reliquary. No, no, this is before the forever reliquary when we're going after this group of cultists that were like we shut down oh. their 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 propaganda campaign it's it's like yeah it's, well i all that stuff yeah, they're, works, they're trying to get people to uh to join up the cult and uh and you know perform acts of sedition yeah to it, weaken we, we we stopped q oh. Um, yeah, I, I would say that, I mean, they, you got to balance it out because you can't have six books of, of old military right. stories. I would say it's probably I agree. three books. Like books two and three are like kind of 50-50 with the, um, you know, the attack on the Imago. And in book two, you have, you know, soldiering I, at home. I was lines. really disappointed. Like, I really liked... <laughs> I, I, well, I both liked and was disappointed in some of the book six stuff where, you know, we were dropping it. We were redropping in into Bernoa and I thought, oh, cool. We get to disperse troops. And I loved that we added the the Kevin Purehearts, the Levins, the Jevons. Well, I mean, that was awesome. I thought, I thought that was so cool. And that added so much like of a fun feeling to I, it. I, I, it I can't imagine us not splitting the party for that for that book. I, th- I feel like if we yeah. hadn't split the party, it may not has been as fun. Because I thought oh. book six was was a blast. Book six yeah. was fun. I, I think it it would have all those missions just back to back could have gotten a little tired, a little. Um, but separately, they were bit of a slog in in their own right. Well, yeah. and not just a slog, but I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it, it, the city is being bombarded in real time, right? It's not that well right now it's over here and then it's over here it's not well, a linear thing like that right that's the magic of uh, ttrpgs you know but it, sure it's... but it made sense to split the to split the party did, and that was but... one moment that i yeah. felt really strongly and convicted about what my character would do like yeah, would, she cool. would not have followed Same. y'all you know we're, we're gonna so, talk i also got to run people uh... over which was the best part of the campaign <laughs> we're, we're gonna talk more about each individual book um but first let's talk uh about your guys' characters a little bit well, more. Wait, uh, Patrick, I wanted to yeah. follow up what you were you were talking about because you you wrote the first book. And uh, <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> so I wanted to because we made that we we made this comment at the beginning where you know what we were expecting from you personally having known you and and knowing your taste. Mm. Did you know like were you given a, a, any sort of option like oh do you want to write for this campaign or this campaign or Mm. Was this was, this, was this not an assignment? But were you like, oh, we're we're doing this? Do you have any ideas for this? Because this is very much in your personal wheelhouse. It's kind of um, dark, pretty sci-fi. That's very much something you are a fan of. I think I was given the option um, because the writing time frame was around convention season of like 2018 or somewhere in there. Um, they they were looking for people for the earlier books so like books one two and three and i was like if i could write the first book like i would be so excited to do that because i mean i I think just uh, getting to to kick off the campaign and knowing i think the general outline of like yeah the players lose in book one it's basically just retreat after retreat uh i was very excited about that and excited about the idea of a dark war um uh, adventure path book 
Um, a lot of it is based on, you know, real world things, including my grandfather who fought in the Battle of the Bulge, where very famously um, the Allied forces were like behind enemy lines or being pushed back all over the place in the dead of winter, you know? So you can see where some of the, the long slog uh, elements and, um, you know, the fact that you're like separated from all the other soldiers for, for a lot of that, the part one of that book where that came from. Do you think you would want to write another book? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think as fun as writing the book one in Adventure Path was, it's also kind of easy compared to a lot of the hard stuff that people later on had to do. I, I got, I, I was very, um, fortunate in writing book one i got to make up like the base swarm components you know like the cr uh 0.5 and cr1 creatures like the dredgers and the Vorfoma and things like that um which was probably the most fun part of writing it was was making up those bugs and get to see them come back in like giants swarm swarms (laughs) later on was was really cool i gotta say dredgers were by far the worst first enemies we've ever come up against. Like, oh, I don't know about that. Akatas oh. are level one too, right? Yeah, no, yeah, no. But yeah, they're not the, the Akatas the... can eat. Never mind. <laughs> no, I, I, I did. I just, I mean, the Akatas are only annoying if you fail some saves. Otherwise, you're just kicking their butts. And even before then, you, you're not fight. Akatas aren't the first thing you fight in in book one. It's humans. No, but go re-listen to that first fight with the Akatas and tell me <laughs> no, how many But we, we failed some fort saves. But Dredger's attaching to you and then having what, all these we, bonus. I mean, that was just so. I gotta say, I I feel like book one was really successful in making you feel like this was a sort of hopeless war. Like we were up against a real enemy that we probably couldn't win against. Like I felt like yeah. it was it was. You know, it was it was pretty dark for a beginning of a campaign. It was not exactly full of hope. You know, oh, like we yeah, had okay. to. That's my design. We were. Oh, I know. <laughs> and I think it was successful in that design. Like, and I I feel like repeatedly throughout the campaign, um, we came up against like pockets of people who had this hope, and it's like you couldn't help but wonder, like, why? Like, why are you so sure that you're gonna win? Because this looks like a really bad situation <laughs> I, here. You know. I was actually the opposite. I mean, part of it is I benefited from being a small creature and didn't have to do the uh, the death march. Um, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that helped a lot. It was Peter. a dream dream for you. But but even and I guess because of maybe it's the people I'm playing with. But I felt like, you know, we were put in a situation where, OK, it's clear that the bugs have, have won this this stage. But I mean, the wars are never are, are not one lost in one battle. So I, I guess for me. Yeah. Like I knew that we were on, we were put in a situation where we were in a stage of retreat to begin with. And so like, I understood for me, I figured, okay, we're trying to get off this planet. And then once we do, I didn't feel like it was hopeless. I thought like this shows the scope of the danger, but I I, I don't know. I, I never felt that it was hopeless necessarily. Well, we, we also had Chekhov's planet uh, in that, you know, if the swarm is attacking this planet in the very beginning, this is where we're going to face them later on. Yeah, you know, I I, um, I only had the outline for book six, six which we'll, we'll talk about later on um, when I was writing book one, because they, you know, they, they started writing book six like months after 
probably a month or so after I, I finished writing book one, uh, just the way that they kind of space it out, I, I, I want to say. So I didn't know like all the specifics. I just knew like, yes, go back to Susquehanna and bring the fight back to the, the swarm in, in some form based on something that happened in the mindscape, you know? So I, I had that in mind and, and trying to, as well as I could explain like the lay of the land, you know, you got Bruno over here and Jordos mountains over here. Um, I didn't know those places exactly would be coming back. And I think that is something that, um, um, we just got from, from the authors and, and from Paizo's editing. But, um, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was pretty, pretty happy with the, the final product. Um, I think you guys did, uh, you know, extremely well in in the challenges of of book one um i think i I mentioned to you multiple times i was like okay well if you can make it past like a certain thing you'll probably be fine and obviously that certain thing was me blowing up a bridge like right underneath you um if you can survive that at the end of a forced march multiple combats things like that you know those first three or four episodes of of the season um i was i was pretty sure i wasn't gonna kill anybody at any other point in the uh the book and i was right <laughs> that <laughs> I was, was very, very close to getting to boss show but that was definitely one of the most stressful things as a player you know i've gone through i've had like big stressful moments happen and like boss fights where someone's just like smacking you down but that was just episode after episode of just feeling like oh man i'm just on i'm just teetering on this edge of you know if patrick rolls too many 19s i'm kind of screwed it saps you of of joy when you get through those things and this is some that that's something that this this campaign did a lot of just long stretches of no respite Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the soldier's way of life, though. You know, you got to pick up your your uh, your rucksack and, and keep marching in, in some some points. Um, and you know, you get to Ilumchuva later on, and you see these people have not stopped fighting for like over a year. <laughs> it's fighting is just their breakfast, lunch, and dinner um, on on a dead planet. Um, well, they don't have they mechanically they don't have RP so they don't have to worry about that <laughs> some might uh, we, we'll, we'll talk more about the books including my book in a little bit uh, I want to talk about your guys's characters individually all together um, but uh, talking about these five uh, first I wanted to ask if and maybe we can make this <laughs> tradition in, in later seasons uh, wrap ups but um, do you think any one of you as players or your player characters earned like an MVP for the season. Um, does anybody want to nominate someone for, for said role? Uh, I would nominate Tress. That's the person who immediately comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tress. <laughs> Picking up your life for sure. Picking up the mantle of, of healer is, is never easy. And then, you know, also, you know, Jabert you know kind of also understanding our combat dynamic of only having a one upfront melee and taking his what, what was that called war wars yeah the warmonger yeah warmonger and then taking this warmonger archetype or um con- connection and then getting the salarian connection and having all that fit together as this mm-hmm. like cumulative experience into level 13 was 
It was really, really cool. It was a great character development throughout the whole thing. Uh, I, yeah, I, I just I, I can't think of how many moments would have been so much worse had Tress not been there either to do damage in combat, to heal after combat, or to just, you know, um, be a, sh- a Sheeran in a swarm campaign and have a connection to Hylax. Like, that was a pretty <laughs> big deal, too. Yeah, so obviously there's some... <laughs> the, the folks at Paizo <laughs> were uh, trying to get me to nudge you all into all playing bug characters have like an, an entire party of bug <laughs> races because like at that point they had just put out like their sixth bug <laughs> and I was like I don't know if they want to do that but I was stoked to get uh, our first Sheeran PC uh, and also a Trox up in here um, yep Trust, do you have or Jabert? Uh, do you have a an MVP nom? I mean, I mean, Zinnia Zinnia came through a whole bunch of times. Zinnia came through for us a lot. Uh, I, I was good at the skills part, right? Like, well, I, I was gonna uh, nominate you, Rebecca, just because one, you're usually at the top of the turn order, in uh, you know, with Miles, and two, you almost always gathered information like immediately just because it was part of your trick attack so it's like okay well i'm not gonna have any secrets about the monsters this campaign really you kept some secrets but yeah i got a few of them out of you your secrets (laughs) wizard (laughs) well you got to know so many special abilities before i whipped them out uh (laughs) well Um, and it was fun because as as you know Rebecca herself learned more about what swarm com- like components are all about and what they do. The more we learned because you directed your questions about them a little, mm. you know, more poignantly, I guess, instead of like mm. at first it was just like, I don't know, are they immune to something? <laughs> Acid. <laughs> yeah, and then and then later on it was like, oh, they can fly. Do they have any kind of blah, blah, blah? you know? It's and so that was kind of that that was cool. Uh, Rebecca, anyone you want to nominate? <sighs> um. I gotta say Devasho because he took a lot of hits and almost died several times. Oh yeah, <laughs> Devasho's <laughs> probably gone For the down. Good of all of us, <laughs> gone down the most. This AP, right? You I mean, the most of. Down. I mean, I think the only the only character who could maybe compete with him for going down would be Alindra because I know Alindra went down a lot in the early in the yeah. early yeah books, before I got heavy armor little glass yeah um, uh, or if we're gonna if we're gonna go to uh, B team sort of Cassius from Dead Men and Romo Crits has gone down <laughs> so many times. Hey, our but, other podcast, if you're the captain of the ship, uh, you're going to get some, some I've just, get, I just, I just get absolutely shushkabobbed half the time. But yeah, I mean, Devasho, <laughs> Devasho's biggest thing, which is as weird as a player, is to be like, your best asset is getting the tar kicked out of you. And Dross uh, had DR and resistances, so I always felt better about him getting hit. Devasho had none of that. And he, his biggest thing was, you know, with being a shield slayer, and it was like, oh, I'm going to have a really big EAC and KAC. But as a Salarian, that action economy of having to align the shield with a move action really hurt. If I could change one thing about the shield Salarian is that it was you didn't have to do that because there are too many Salarian revelations that that also use move actions. And yeah, move actions are really valuable in this mm-hmm. game. Move yeah, and and so I feel like it's just pun- I, it's just punishing. Armor Solarians don't have to do that. They don't get as big of a bonus in a way, but they also get cold and fire resistance too. 
I, I just didn't like, and I didn't like that, which is why, like, it, towards the end, I just kind of gave up doing aligning the shield. I just took the passive bonus it gave well, and it, focused it's, it's more a relatively on. relatively small bonus, you know, like. Yeah. Well, at 13th level was plus four. For, oh, plus four. Oh, never mind. I don't know why you didn't do that. <laughs> uh, because it was like, it's either, okay, well, either I get a plus four, um, or I guess technically a plus three because it's a plus one if you don't use a move action it's a plus four if you do use the move action so a plus three difference uh or i can do like title surge which lets me move and be in two places at one time or use my periastra training to become fully attuned and explode i just always felt like i had a better option um and especially once my armor class like once my um armor itself wasn't as high um you know toward, at the end of the campaign zinnia and trust had higher acs than Devasho. yeah yeah they were i mean drew drew you had 32k ac in your power armor uh oh, yeah. i was about to say miles and drew i'm very excited to end on level 13 with these characters because you guys are getting scary <laughs> at the end there drew you did you, you crit for like over 100 damage on the, <laughs> oh, the boss and uh you're putting up 78 tricks with the, with an operative, which is also very scary. If you roll the trick and the crit, it's like, oh, I guess that guy's dead. Um, yeah, but I felt like in the last book, I didn't hit the the, the tricks a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's that. That's the old rub for the operatives. But uh, yeah. uh, um, my secret is take ten on all of those tricks. That's yeah, <laughs> and you, oh no, and have a ton of bonuses to your uh, yourself. <laughs> right never miss um yeah so you guys all have three main starfinder pcs uh, player characters under your guys's belt um i think i know the answer to this because everyone just loves season one characters so much but is anybody's favorite character their season three character is, is do, do you do you Ooh. pick and choose amongst your babies that's that's favorite. Alindra's my girl. I, I can't sway from Yeah. Her. <laughs> I mean, not necessarily like character wise, but like to play or, you know, to. Well, to I would almost I mean, say Bagrit. Right. Go ahead, Miles. Oh, I was say to, to play. I mean, Sprouts was a lot of fun to play. Um, I, I think that, you know, have, having more experience as a tabletop role playing player since when I first started mm. playing, um, I might have built. Raimi differently. I still had fun playing Raimi. I still have fun playing Raimi. And he's, I mean, it's my favorite character, but you'll have fun playing him in season four. Yeah, but I I, I gotta say, I mean, Sprouts is Sprouts is close uh, as far as, mm. as playing as the operative and the detective. I mean, yeah. I think Sprouts Marl is one of my favorite PCs personally. I was very excited to see a Raxolite, but also when you were like, oh yeah, just, you know, a private eye plant detective <laughs> pi plant investigator uh i was like all right that's great fine <laughs> um but yeah rex light operative worked really well this tiny literally tiny creature with a a gun like the size of them but I, I wanted to mention one of my original ideas for the introductions for this season was to like alternate between the characters each book um and we started with sprouts but i was gonna go like maybe book two is trust's battle reports and book three is that was the original science. plan somehow i got stuck with these freaking because <laughs> they were files. too good no it was not you just didn't want to do them do not I did even some try. of them <laughs> i did do some of them 
You should have just botched them, Miles, if you didn't want to do them. <laughs> I'll be honest. I tried. I liked, I liked writing <laughs> Sprout stories more than I would have enjoyed reading them. Uh, oh yeah, I felt bad for Miles having to read, especially when a bunch if a bunch of us were. Oh. Yeah, I, all I'm the idioms not, were so much fun. I, I loved it. I like yeah, to think I, that I, I coined Trixie Strixie, but I'm not sure that I did. I know I wrote it I, at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Noir intros, and yeah, thank you, Miles, for reading eighty plus of them. I, so I skipped get, a couple I, episodes. But. I get a reprieve from last oh. time on for a little bit. Uh, okay. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Gonna, like everything, we're going to switch things up in season four, but it's not going to be like any one character doing every intro. And now it's episode two hundred. Here's Raimi's ramblings. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Rooney has a podcast that details everything he's doing that day. Straight from the Fusion Queen. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, uh, so I, I guess Edros is my favorite mechanically mechanical character to play. So soldiers will always be my favorite class and they will always be my favorite thing to play. Mm. However, boy, do I love Devasho's backstory and mm. character as a character more than Edros. Edros is very straightforward. Intivate, heart of gold, dummy. I love that, and I will always love that. But sounds like someone not, I know in my personal life. It's just yeah. I mean, it's just not very. I didn't. I on purpose just didn't make him super dynamic or anything. And calling, I, I'm calling you dumb and, and I wrong <laughs> and with a heart of gold. That's uh, and uh, most of his and and most of his character development was stuff that happened in the campaign. It wasn't from the backstory, but. I put yeah. a lot of I put a lot of heart and effort into Devasho's backstory. I loved having a big family. Uh, I loved having this ambassador husband that you know was able to come in every once in a while and you know remind Devasho of what he was fighting for and what was at yeah. stake here during all these battles. I loved coming up with all my kids' names and <laughs> thinking about like what was going on with them and. Uh, so I, I think Devasho was my favorite character that I've written. But Adras is still my favorite person to play. I think um, we all just have that's such a deep connection to our season one characters. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, it's really easy to, to to say that. Like I Echo Seven is very fun to play. Like like Tyler said, soldiers are very, very fun. Like doing stupid damage for giant heavy weapon uh power armored ones i imagine like, are pretty the, pretty fun too the very first space combat we did this this season i i natural 20 on a on firing a space gun <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can't go bang that uh, but but you go again it's like it's like your first doctor on Doctor Who. You never you never forget that one, and you're always kind of attached right. to that one. And uh, I think that's true of Starfinder characters and TTRPG characters in general. We well, guys made some very iconic characters of season one, but with the season three folks, um, y- y'all did. I-, I mean, I think the best job so far, just because you're getting better at it every season, writing the backstories, you know, figuring out who they are before you start playing. But my ideas for the meta plots that your characters kind of got to go through and some of them were long some of them were like a book <laughs> uh was you know war changes people for sometimes for the the better and, and sometimes um well sometimes for the worse but not not really in, with these characters um so devasha you talked about how a lot of your backstory you know 
took uh, you know back seats to what was happening with this demon haunting your soul um we, we got some some extra um added into the campaign from uh uh jason keely um <laughs> making um a, a new um what are they called uh not a haunt but a shadow corruption a, a new corruption uh, specifically for <laughs> for your character um i was gonna say uh who who else we, we had tress go from just like a killer soldier to like spiritual warrior <laughs> at the end and you know had had uh, I would say maybe a change of heart from the decision you would make at the beginning of the campaign versus the end with sparing the soul of the God host. Um, and, and same way with sprouts and Zinni and echo sprout started as kind of like the loner character. And then, you know, at the end, I think you're more than anything, best buddies with everyone in the squad. And Zinnia turned from like all science to like maybe a little mystical towards the end, cynic to stoic. Um, yeah, and we and- we, can, we also have to talk about Zinnia right now because how many times did Rebecca say that Zinnia wasn't Burke? <laughs> you keep mentioning Burke. My, yeah, I was alien. about I was about to say how often more did you talk about how she was Burke? <laughs> I think you kept talk, you called her Burke more than she no, did anything so, that so was the Burke. Thing is, y'all don't know y'all don't know the the backstory. How many times she swore up and down, promised just. I'm not Burke. like in our private life. Yes, because I kept because call- I called you Burke at home a lot. <laughs> All right, Burke. I was like, Zinnia's wait, wait, Burke. you've called her Burke at home more than you've just called her Burke on this show. <laughs> Is that spouse the, abuse? Because I feel like you've called I've her Burke to, a lot. I've had, on defend, this show. I've had to defend uh, Zinnia quite a bit. Wow. Um, Wait, I should, I should probably. I, should, I feel like. Do we need to define Burke uh, for people? Watch Aliens. Paul, it's Paul rated Reiser's R. Character in, uh, in uh, yeah, just Aliens. Yeah. Understand that it's an R-rated movie. So under you know that. That's, By the way, I watched that movie shortly before playing this campaign, so it may have <laughs> it may have colored Zinnia a little. Bit, well, the re- the real Burke is uh, Xantos Loachworth. Um, uh, speaking of your guys's other your your characters. Um, maybe least favorite moments do you have favorite moments from each other's characters that you wanted to to highlight um from from the season like strengths or weaknesses that they brought or, or other fun things that happened for someone besides your character i mean it's we're fun. all gonna say devasha's double crit oh we don't have to talk battle. about that drew <laughs> yeah oh, no, <laughs> still, drew, uh, still a pretty sore wound here drew we don't uh, need to i've got that. one i've got one where I don't know if it's a favorite moment. I remember being blown away. I, I I think I even talked to Javert about this. Uh, maybe like after everybody else got off, when we were in the mindscape and Patrick posits to 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 uh, Echo, it's like, do you want to keep your movie references or the memories of your comrades? And Drew's like, <laughs> movie references. I was like, wow, wow. <laughs> Like, well, I was. not that I, simple. I, I was blown away. Honestly, Tyler, I think that just shows how little you know Drew. 
Well, no, I, I, the, the way I was couching it was like I was I was typing Tyler as you were saying it. I was like this fool's gonna pick his movie <laughs> I, I defended Drew to the on. death I was like there's time no out, way time out, no, time he, out. Won't first he won't do that he won't do that threw away his memories of his most hey. beloved comrades He's so like, he could be get like get out of here heavy fire and I was just I remember let Drew defend himself you monster. that was not that was not the intention of that moment. The intention of that moment <laughs> is the memories of the crew that I currently have, my current friends, and all of those experiences. <laughs> well, that's versus... a lovely thought. I wish it came across in how you yeah. said it because hey, it hey, sounded guys, like you, you were like, "Oh no, I want to be. I want to pretend to be the governor of California." <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you guys, you guys smell that? Because it smells like bullflame. <laughs> I mean, so um, I, I didn't bring this up just to just to tease Drew. I, I I brought it up. Oh, I, 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 I misunderstood like, what we were doing here. Sorry. I mean, I, I want some of that. Some of that. Some of that. But I also brought it up because, I mean, I thought that was a really hard decision. I, I have made decisions for my characters before, and I've understood that. And it surprised me, but in a in a in a good way. I thought it. I thought the the most predictable decision he would make would be to would was the other way. And Drew did something I, I I wasn't prepared for, and as he was about to explain, you know, for for a reason that he really he he did have, and I just thought that was very I thought that was very interesting, and it, if, it was it was definitely um so I think the, it made the character more more dynamic. So the thing I, about, I, I liked it a lot. The thing about it is, if Drew had picked the other way, I would have made you Marvin the robot the rest of the book. You know, just be completely uh, dead uh, as a as a character you know and then eventually get your your um your personality back once you defeat the the mindscape so i think this way was was probably more fun and you know you ended up still kind of freeing the amaranton souls from from their their prison anyway so worked out well um uh, for me Zen, zinnia uh rebecca uh you desecrating a um a temple <laughs> very early on in the game uh, uh game was, was uh super surprising yeah, to me tell, tell uh, us all about that burke did not <laughs> yeah. see that one coming <laughs> Um, I was really proud of that moment. By the way, I was I, like, I threw Patrick off. I had, he had no idea I was going to do. Oh. You had you threw everybody off. None, <laughs> of us knew, none of us knew what you were thinking. Yeah, no, didn't think yeah, you would uh, walk into the Sistine Chapel and just start like stabbing the walls. Yeah, but can we also can we also talk about how when she did that, it was a huge deal. <laughs> But as we get through the campaign and get back to that particular oh, yeah. arch being a huge part of the story, it's yeah, Zinnia's so, tattoo all over again. Yeah. Alindra's tattoo, yeah. So, Alindra's uh, tattoo, excuse you've me. You've presaged that because once again, I didn't know, and there was nothing <laughs> in the book that I wrote, book one, about that being especially important. Um, I think I mentioned that that was what was like radiating light out and kind of like subduing the the swarm outside um but that's you know just like the entire temple itself in my mind um but the fact that you know at the end of the campaign the the hylaxian blessings um i was definitely only going to give those those bonuses to you if you indeed wanted to make some kind of um restoration or restitution to the 
church you defiled. <laughs> and I did. And I did. Yeah, bring oh, it back. She did oh, not tip me off so to, to that. I was like, you know what? She's going to put the crystal back well, beyond, and then say a prayer. <laughs> beyond that, oh yeah, I did not tell you at all. But that is what is in the AP is if you genuflect or, you know, like reach out to Hylax, you can get a boon at that point. And when I read that in, in the game prep, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's going to be, she's going to have a huge negative if she hasn't fixed that thing. Um, I even asked like before that episode, uh, like the prior session, it was like, can I get the crystal back so that I can bring it back to the temple? Like I I thought about that ahead of time, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And and we had Xantos Uh, Lotor bring it. It's like, it doesn't do anything. It's like, well, speaking of... I want to. I want to. I want to destroy all faith in this crystal and get all the people that believe in this crystal against you as a people. Man, I mean, Xantos Lotwork could have been a footnote in our entire story, but thanks to Miles and Sprouts, oh my gosh, did this NPC come to life in a way that I was never this expecting? Is, this is where I have a question: Was Xantos Lotwork specifically? written in all of these other instances or was he only in the mutiny portion of that book so i will say that um i created the character in book one as just kind of like a you know an npc um that could come back and or or no we we knew he was going to be in book two but i i got to create him basically um so name him and, and general description and, and things like that. Um, but the the last uh, refuge, um, uh, which was written by Mary uh, Marilyn Butler, uh, she was the one that did all the mutiny stuff in in that book, obviously. Um, so like the majority of like what you think of <laughs> as being Santos's uh, quote unquote personality, I think came through in in book two. But um, it's one of those things like very easily you could kill him in book two. I'm sure yeah. many parties did or try to get him like, like a uh, sprouts at the end, like arrested for whatever crimes. Um, so in, he does show up in book six um, in the place where you guys found him, but there's like a side panel. It's like, well, if you killed him already, like just make up another <laughs> scientist character <laughs> for this, this part, which, which I, I, just... I thought was great. I mean, I just don't think I would have cared about the character at all if it wasn't for Miles's slash Sprouts's pure hatred for the man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I it, it, that is the most I think I've ever seen Miles just want to, I mean, throw someone in the trash compactor of life. And uh, it was so it was I remember I remember I still laugh about it. It was so funny when he came back in book six. It's, just, it's so uh, funny to think of this tiny plant. <laughs> Like standing up to this massive human comparatively. Um, oh, was, uh, one one thing so that I love because um, historically, because Drew and I just like to rib each other and and tease each other in, in the beginning of this, this campaign because we did that we did that with uh, in in the first couple books with uh, Mac and Ramy and we did that with Kaz and Win. But in in this book, are you guys destined to to best bud in every season? Yeah. Well, so the the, the thing that I love is that how how we functioned as a complete unit. And it's all entirely on Drew because he could have easily been like, yeah, I don't want to do that. And (laughs) oh, he made a seat for you on his shoulder. But having this whole kind of rocket and Groot kind of reverse thing where, where, you know, the little Groot is is a little tiny guy. Mm -hmm. And and but I. I give Drew, I give uh, Drew uh, full credit for that be, for for 
playing along with the idea and then we just kept it going and it was so much fun very cool and we actually played very very well together and i was really really happy about that yeah Yeah. it's impossible for me to think of sprouts and echo as separate yeah, you know, like, like, and I, I mean, I really, and it, I forget all the time that you guys, your backstories are not written together, because it just, it seems like they should have been, because once they came together, it just made so much sense, and it was so fun to. to yeah, I remember being I, frustrated I, that I couldn't move Echo and Sprouts's uh, icons okay. and roll twenty yes. together <laughs> all the time, all the time. It was very it was so annoying. Um, yeah, so that that's one thing I think at the beginning of the season I, I just discouraged a little bit against is you guys writing one another into each other's backstories just because you know kind of the whole idea was you just get thrown together into a squad in an impossible situation so i I wanted there to be a little more tension at the the beginning than like oh well i know i can trust them they're best buds you know maybe this person's gonna totally break out on me or you know (laughs) maybe they're uh they're they're a little unhinged you never know um um right after leveling these characters all the way up to level 13 and getting a chance to play i mean only like (laughs) three fights or so with a level 13 character um would anybody do anything different in your your character building um your your classes your character creation that kind of thing um, I go back talk- and forth on yeah, Rebecca. You I- obviously got a big question mark for yeah, you on this. I have a big question mark because I took a level in biohacker and I, on the one hand, really regret that because one level is not going to give you a whole lot. Um, I think it did though. I mean, but on the other hand, wise. even though I wasn't uh, using my injection gun a whole lot, um, it changed my modifier for two of my skills for like perception and um, something else. And it also changed how I identify creatures. And so because of that, it made it a lot easier to, uh, you know, identify things and my perception was much better. And and then when you, when you identify things, you're, you can easily more easily trick them with the uh, best. Alien archive, the the alien archive ability. Yeah. Um, So while you guys were both operatives and technically you were like a a little weaker than the Raxlite operative, you tricked, I feel like much more consistently. And and obviously because you were also taking 10 sometimes. I was Um, taking 10 and I had a lot of stealth, as you mentioned earlier, plus the alien archive on top of that would give me a plus two if I identified it successfully and in yeah. Starfinder identify is a free action unlike some other games so <laughs> well yeah because so of it's, that <laughs> it, it's it's nice and I the only reason I agreed to allowing uh, both you Rebecca and Miles to both play operatives in the same season uh, is the same reason why I, I was like totally gung-ho with uh, Trest having like the Solarian flavor of Mystic and Devasho being a shield Solarian is because w- while you do something similar, your characters are very different and, you know, everyone can have like a pistol, but your uh, your characters can be completely different and play differently in Starfinder, uh, especially um, based on all the other things that you decide about. So, yeah, Sprouts and Zinnia were definitely very different operatives for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you had, you know, different things you can do on your turns. And and- it's so funny because I expected them to kind of be 
BFFs on this route. And it, it kind of went the opposite. Like, no, you guys were competing for pistols every once in a well, while. So. Eh, not really. Um, but like, like Sprouts, Sprouts even like went on that one little walkabout at the college with her to back her up. Mm. And then it's just it's 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 just funny how things narratively turn out sometimes. <laughs> well, um, I couldn't carry you as well as Echo could. So any other you couldn't. <laughs> any other changes uh, that you'd you'd want to make with your characters? Um. As far as the actual gameplay, um, I, I don't think so. There might have been some narrative changes I made, or mm-hmm. some things that I would I would do to, to stretch out. I, I think I mentioned in my intro, I would have liked to have created maybe a a little Moriarty or something for for Sprouts to have to pop mm. up because I feel like a lot of his stuff was resolved by halfway through book two. Yeah, in retrospect, you should have <laughs> Gravelark should have been your enemy. <laughs> yeah, like well, so I I thought that like. I had enough stuff to like, okay, this could be sprinkled in. And then we we used most of it in the first books, which is probably the best place to put it. So yeah, it makes I, sense. I was worried, you know, I, I didn't have all of books, uh, the, the later books. I had like the general outline uh, and I was worried like it would, I mean, and it was kind of difficult to put stuff in book five where you're just in another plane of existence, for example. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know if... I, I would have liked some more stuff with uh, Sprouts and Render. I thought that could have been yielding some interesting stuff, but she almost uh, came back in in book six. Um, but it, it's just so far removed from like when we. Uh, yeah, and, and that's the problem with making two. a character like Sprouts, where it's like there's this whole underworld segment to to deal with, and it's like it's not a factor. We're we're well, in the middle of a war. Wait, wait, we got. I'm a, sorry. A I'm sorry. Who is Render? Anasia oh, Render. Render. You mean the uh, the character based off Patrick's wife? <laughs> well, oh, of oh, her gamer her. tag, perhaps, <laughs> but she is the daughter of a, a mafioso kind of character on Sesclin. And I was like, yeah. That, that aspect, have, that aspect made it made it made it a little awkward for her to be Sprouts' femme fatale. <laughs> <laughs> well, she doesn't like necessarily look like uh, the wife, but well, um, I was thinking of having her and like maybe. Um, uh, join up with the SCF in book six or like try to do like a black market thing. But in book six was kind of crowded as it mm. were because it was right. like 17 episodes. Book six was sprawling for us. Oh. <laughs> um, there's just yeah, so many. And we didn't do a whole lot of homebrewing this. This, yeah, we split we? the party. <laughs> yeah, split the party. Yeah, we split homebrew. the party. That, there was that. I mean, book one was basically a, a homebrew campaign, right? Me. So, 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 book one, yeah. Well, that, and you said you. I think you mentioned that the prison stuff was completely homebrewed, right? Official homebrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah, so that was like you know the little meta plot tie-in to our greater um, cosmic crit story with the founding nineteen, and we got to see the season one characters for the most part show up for a, a, a brief scene, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, going back and talking about the adventure path itself, the books in Fate of the Fifth, um, I was very happy to write that. And I think I've mentioned it online before. There's not a lot from my initial draft that was cut. There's not a lot that was added in, except uh, you guys might be interested to know. Um, I did I did not give you a vehicle in my draft uh, for, for book one. Yeah, if you guys recall, you got a... Uh, 
a cart, uh, a, a vehicle to take you up the Jurdas Mountains. I was going to have you walk that too. <laughs> um, well, because uh, uh, one of the the scenes that didn't make it in, um, because you just drove kind of up the mountain, was at the peak or towards the peak. I was going to have a climbing section, you know, where you can either go up like a sharp. Um, uh, climb or do some things with ropes and things, but it's a little mechanically heavy, so I understand why that was. Unless you can fly. Yeah, <laughs> unless you can fly and then you're like, see you guys oh, on the man. top. Flying that is one is thing I will cheating. miss about this campaign is having a flying character. Who uh, can pretty sure fly. everyone has a jetpack in season four, right? Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> at level 13, but I mean, like from yeah. level one, I could just fly past obstacles. It was, oh, it was very nice. Um, well, the, there was a lot of intrigue in, in book two and entirely non-swarm interactions. And it's probably the most different of all the AP volumes because of that. Um, I'm interested to, to hear what your feedback is on, on book two. I enjoyed it because it was like, yeah, the, the mutiny on the starship. And then you had all the weird um, patrols and, and things that were being sabotaged, including the um, the bomb at the, the water plant. And then you did have a final cave dragon crawl, which is you know, very different from what you probably expected to be doing as soldiers. But I I, I, I love book two, personally. Yeah, I liked a lot of book two. It's just that some of the stuff that was introduced never comes back in a way that makes it seem... Like I said, there's, I mean, you, you immediately leave the planet after that, and then you go to a comet, and then another plane of existence. Yeah. So it's like it's, each it's book like, has to live and die on its yeah, own a little. Where, where are they going to go? Where are they gonna go yeah. for well, so, so much of uh, the first half of Dead Suns is within the same star system. So you can like really play around with that. Um, but I felt the same way about the end of Dead Sons. It's like, well, then afterwards, you're just out in the cosmos. You know, it's hard to bring back those kind of plots. Um, when I will say about the caverns that mm -hmm. the bioluminescent uh, creatures in the wall or whatever, mm -hmm. like it was all very evocative for me. Like I, I could really visualize Atm that that Atm area. Very cool. Yeah. 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 And uh, I, I mean, there's some cool monsters there. I, I I really enjoyed having a reprieve from all bugs, all acidic, immune, um, <laughs> teleconnectly linked bugs. I mean, so that, that's I, I also really hoping, true. <laughs> I was really hoping that book two was going to focus more on like refugee crisis in terms of war. So I, mm. I really liked it in the beginning. I really liked that there was this group of people that just wanted to give in. That just wanted to give into the swarm. Yeah, dark this stuff. is life. We should just accept this, and uh, hope that we, when they assimilate us, that we just get a good, like we just get a good gig out of it, right? I thought that was very, uh, I know that was very very poignant. I wish there was more of like, hey, we have all these refugees. We need to figure out. We need to get supplies. We need to get housing. We need to get here. Are all these things that are happening, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just kind of wish there was more stuff revolving around managing and trying to keep in control this huge huddled mass of people that all of a sudden were homeless and desperate and mm. lacking in resources and i i thought there would be more of that kind of a i i know in pathfinder first edition there's there's kind of mechanics that revolve around you know keeping morale high and like oh you you know here are some resource points and you need you, you need to you can well, do missions to yeah. get resource we points did, and then distribute those resource points fire. to try and keep people good and 
I think you know, I mean so much of the book was taken up by the the part one on the ship and then part three mm-hmm. in the cave. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, yeah. You, you couldn't do all that there. Um, I, I I would have loved all the stuff you you talked about, but I what we got on Ultranius, I personally is some of my favorite parts of the season where you guys were like fighting fires and that was kind of a split party because like some people were up on the that was cool. fifth floor, some people were down below fighting robots. Um, the, Zinnia was the, just flying around, like pointing at stuff. Like, I mean, th- there's another split you guys party. Know you this guys, is on fire, right? Some some of you went in the front door of the cult uh, lodge, and some went through like the back door. You got split the party all over the place. Um, it was the most we probably ever split the party. Yeah, yeah, uh, but that that wasn't as much splitting the party as what we did in book six. Like split, book split, oh, six, yeah. we actually split the party. Yeah, you were what, miles what we, what away. we did in yeah. book six made Jabert look at me and go, "You're insane. <laughs> this, this is this is death." And Jabert, uh, you know. it was so good. Your reactions after they they decided to split. Up. I loved it, man. Oh, poor Jabert. I think we were trying to cover our bases, though, right? Like it, it. Yeah, no, we had legit reasons. Plus, it sounded fun. Yeah, but it, I mean, and and I mean, I, we're, we're again, we're jumping ahead to book six, but uh, what we did is only something you can do when you have a GM like Patrick who's willing to play in that world. Like Jabert's Jabert, by all accounts, is totally right. If you were, I think, if you were to split the party and play the book as written. I mean, you're just dead. I mean, I just, there's yeah. no, I just, I can't imagine a scenario where you're oh, just totally well, fine. I mean, spoiler warning, if you hadn't split the party, the Pluprex demon would have attacked you like at the reactor, obviously. And there's also a uh, a boss kind of character in the, um, the house where the scientists were kept that was cut out and I put Gravelar kind of in his place and I was like, all right, they're not going to fight him. He's just going to fly away. <laughs> so, I mean, you kind of pushed back uh, or I pushed back some boss fights in those sections. Um, but I, I don't think narratively it, it changed too much. And you basically got the same amount of fights in those episodes. Just half the time you were, um, you had like 20 hit points and your name run with Evan. <laughs> um, uh, well, we'll talk about, I mean, we, we've obviously spent a lot of time on books two and six here, but books three, four, and five, I know you guys have some favorite moments, um, but I am interested to find out if you guys had a favorite single volume of the AP just as a player, not, you know, it does not have to be from the point of view of, uh, I wrote one of them <laughs> because I, I mean, book one isn't my favorite, so don't let it be yours. Yeah, three's, you have, three's mine. Th- a three, you, you really enjoyed Husk World? Yeah, I love. I, I really love Toss yeah. World. I, the the whoever that? came up with going inside a swarm component that was that. Oh, Mago. oh yeah, no, I. Uh, I think boy, that was, boy, did I, hold on, wasn't I that, that two? Hold no, on, no, no that, that was that three. Was, that was three when we went to the 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 okay. conquered planet, and it was uh, Liz Liddell, uh, who I believe now works for wizards of the coast and dungeons and dragons I'm pretty um, oh, right that's where the or, university was th- th- they do i think maybe they them um but they oh you're right <laughs> i was in a discord with some of the other authors uh when the idea of this came up and i was like that is absolutely disgusting do it <laughs> i was like i am i'm gonna have difficulty gming that part and describing what did the we, inner work. What did we call? What, what did we call? It? What, did we call them like flesh tubes or? Oh goodness gracious! Gotta man, go back we and called them something so gross. Because it, was it was really gross. So I don't know. It yeah. it looked like a tick full of the full of planet 
It did. Yeah. It did. I and mean, it was that's great. basically what remember, it was. <laughs> I'm trying, do you remember how, like, you stepped in a space and it just, like, sucked you down to a different level and you were like, well, I guess I'm just down here now. And you weren't even. <laughs> right. it was, I, mean, oh. I mean, it was kind of great because, like, you know, if you just, like, wait another round, it just sort of squirts you back up you to back the up. other yeah. side of the chamber. Know, it's so <laughs> it's nasty. Like, Surprise, so mother punker. So <laughs> I'm here. So I mean, I, I just love that. I loved, I loved that, like, we had just lost to the swarm now we're going to a planet who had already lost to the swarm but we had but there were these you know revolutionary not really revolutionaries but um dissidents um, i don't no, know freedom no. fighters yeah freedom survivors fighters. yeah freedom fighters and and it was kind of a reflection of you know where susculin was and mm. it gave a little bit of hope that the fight could continue and then there was this just so many cool combat scenes i mean the 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 fire elemental just trying to punch through a door and crits not working and i mean i can think of just that one room that just had all of the different like dead swarm components that they were breaking down to like uh, into yeah. more like cubes so that they Black could make cubes. more out of them what the prong like i mean there yeah. were just so many there were so many cool pieces in that book it just outshines I, I do think and things I mean, to figure out too like like what were those black cubes you know like and you had oh, to yeah. kind of hypothesize was, and figure it out and, it and then the basements post-apocalyptic kind of feel to it yeah. and yeah I, I I remember I was I was so jealous when that scene the the Imago uh ch- escape scene where it starts to like collapse in on itself uh was described to me because i was like this is like probably going to be one of the most cinematic things that happens in the entire adventure path you know absolutely and and i remember Uh, devasha went down tress had to heal me oh and then i had to go through (laughs) acid pools because i was large and so my health was still ticking down and jabert's like i can't go any faster because this big dumb idiot could die again and i have to heal him meanwhile like the time was just clicking down it was such a it was it was so cool I'm and telling you, man, maybe the, large characters the, aren't the way to go. Yeah, maybe they're not the way to go. And But like also some of the art was was really, really good. Like oh, the Mago yeah. art was great. That map was great. The swarm component that we had to fight in the professor's <coughs> office. I can't remember what that was called, but that was terrifying. Mind Reaper, I think was the name or something like that. Oh, yeah. That that, that was uh, foreshadowed in book one where the, the yep. troops on Tuscan are like, yeah, no, they can like stab you in the brain and steal your your thoughts and it's like yeah yes, that is exactly what that was <laughs> that was crazy and like it was so cool to know that the swarm wanted this one professor's brain so they sent this one component that could do this one special thing to try and get this singular piece of information that felt very very cool i i have that's one of my i mean not only is it, is it my favorite book of this campaign it's one of my favorite books in any campaign period um, anybody else uh, a favorite moment or favorite book uh, book moment? Um, I I mean for me every book got like more interesting, more exciting than than the last one. Um, I enjoyed the bit of a, a respite, and it was kind of a, a short book for us. I think it was like ten episodes. Um, the the Forever Reliquary um, by by uh, our, our good friend Kate here on the the podcast. It, it was another one of those uh, change of pace kind of of books, and and Kate Baker did a great job with what I thought was the closest thing to like Starfinder Society missions or like Star Trek away missions, where you guys got to you know prove yourself as as Hylaxian agents and um, 
make first contact and broker a peace between um, the, the Noir and um, uh, the Goran kind of uh, settlements. Um, I thought those were, were very fun. Enjoy those a great deal. I, I, I had a, a lot of fun with book six. I, I really liked splitting the party. I loved oh, yeah. getting to just run dudes over with a vehicle. That was a lot of fun for me. Um, <laughs> that that was uh, honestly one of my favorite little moments. But I thought I thought book six was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do have to get a, a nod to book five for being the only book that correctly doled out the amount of credits and or you know mind books <laughs> for characters of that level so mind bullet bucks. props props book five you're the only book in all of starfinder to correctly <laughs> hand out as much money as as necessary for these characters to buy things book five hive of minds of course by another friend of the show uh thirsty thirsty uh Thirsty's um, insane. Also, my favorite, my favorite enemies in the entire campaign. In, um, I'm just gonna keep calling them pain and panic. They're not pain and panic. It's uh, <laughs> doubt and hesitation. Yeah. Uh, doubt and hesitation only because I keep they just remind me of pain and panic for some reason from Hercules. I, I love them so much. I had to bring them back in book six. I, I know. Like, I'm nah, so they, they happy gotta, you did. They gotta, it was we got another reprieve. <laughs> by far the best uh, narrative enemies we've ever fought. I think it's just. Oh, I loved every second of that way. Book five was really, really weird, really hard oh, yeah. for me as, and I think with a different character, my experience with it would have been very different, but my very science focused character had a hard, I had a really hard time finding motivation for her in this mm-hmm. weird dream world. You know, it's like, this doesn't make uh, scientific sense. She couldn't really grapple with where, what or where she was and um that I made mean, it hard it makes to, you feel to any play better, to role play you know i mean if it makes you feel any better my mystic was having trouble understanding it as well <laughs> so <laughs> uh you, you're intuiting parts of it and you guys uh you know uh we're taking these big leaps in you know giving up parts of yourself and like sacrificing things um yeah but we no, didn't like it yeah, yeah, but I mean, you still like uh, you, you jumped into a lot of those, and and you you know weren't really hamstrung that much for the final boss there. So, uh, but talking about final bosses, I really want to talk about what happened uh, two weeks ago with the last leg of book six in this keyed up god host. Like um, like most of the boss fights, I turn it up to eleven because you guys can handle 11 usually but i did not think in a million years that you were going to take out its body which had 350 hp regenerated 50 hp per round and the combats i mean this combat went on for like six turns or so you guys did more than 500 damage i think to to the bosses body alone you know he also took out a head a couple times but yeah that that's an insane to me um uh yeah, that's the most steamrolling of a creature not i mean let alone a boss any creature i think that we've ever done we just rolled it i mean and and what are you gonna do that wasn't because we did anything different than we have for like six books i mean I, I mean i mean trust didn't even I think Trest attacked exactly one time. Like mm. Trest just set that fight out. 
like, and just like the rest of the well, team. You, just you, you made the hurricane. You made the big like debris field. That oh, that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> that does not count. I thought that, that was cool. Count. It didn't do anything at all. I mean, I mean, it was fun. Yeah, but the, it was, but the wonder it was spell fun for the me, wonder spell. That's it. Man, come on. The wonder spell. spell the wonder spell also didn't do it. Also didn't oh, factor it into that fight. All around, it moved all. Or, it moved everybody around the battlefield. Well, after the do? that was, uh, you guys are forgetting that was after the thing already dropped like well, it was like it was like I, i'm telling you i'm telling you i was like i was keeping like scrupulous notes i was like oh my goodness i'm not gonna do anything in this fight if i don't if i don't attack it at least one time right now attack well, all right thank goodness i put some damage on the board seriously every single one of us crit at least one time right yes yeah well yeah. i mean that, that's gotta be some kind of record for us i was right? looking at this oh. in the last two oh. uh roles you had jabert were a Cernok bites and you rolled a 19 and a 20 you might not <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about tyler's two 20s and you're over here with a summon creature just going like, <laughs> that Cernok was was awesome oh my goodness what, what, did, what did that do 1d10 plus five oh, <laughs> yeah but it was fun <laughs> mvp of the the summon creatures oh. uh but yeah you guys I, I feel like definitely fates aligned in that boss fight because I mean, I think the way a lot of parties probably did it is taking out those heads, um, you know, just one at a time or so, like a Hydra would, and they technically have less HP, um, but are, you know, can grow back. So it's a little, it's almost as difficult as taking out the body. But I, I think that fight for me, top five favorite Starfinder battles of all time. Certainly it's up there with the corpse fleet um, leader. <laughs> It eclipses it eclipses Saravox fight so much to me because the the boss fights was, in, oh. uh, against the Aeon Throne were a lot of fun, but yeah, Saravox is fun because that was like a two parter that we were having a good time with. This one, I was Wait, like, is hey. oh, hold on, who is Sarav? I'm bad with names. Who is Saravox? Is that end of Dead Sons? Wait, wait, who who's having fun with it? <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, we were having a great Patrick and Tyler were having a grand old time with it. Well, the I, fleet, like Admiral Commander person. I was thinking maybe this fight with the God Host might have to go two episodes mm-hmm. as well, but then you guys just kept creating. I was like, no, oh, I was- we're going to finish this tonight. I was 100% sure that it would at least be two nights, and I was 95% well, sure that one of us was going to die, and then so, we just uh, crit it to death. The, so. the point I was like, okay, maybe I can slow this down a little is when I cast the same um, spell. Uh, um, yeah, the, the the greater synaptic... Uh, what's it called? Synaptic like greater synaptic pulse. pulse? Yeah. Pulse, yeah. Um, the greater one, and you all saved against it. Whereas the Clutch. previous time you all failed. I was like, <laughs> all right, there's no beating them. This, this I'm not taking <laughs> we, anyone out. Well, we were in the zone. We were definitely um, in the zone. Before we wrap up, a, a couple more fan submitted questions from, from Cyber Robert on the Discord. Um, did Patrick force y'all to make backups due to how insanely difficult this AP can be. The answer is no. Yeah, no, we just no. did it all of our own accord. Um, <laughs> yeah, some yeah, people I was about had to say, ideas. I think, we, I think most of us did make backups. Uh, no. Well, um, in I, I procrastinate enough making my main character. I would never ha- make a backup unless I was absolutely forced to. <laughs> uh, Tyler, you you had the plan of like one of your kids trying to like avenge yes, you. Yes. So my my eldest uh, Gavantes, which is like my like a nineteen year old 
Demai, um, I made a solar flare Solarian. Mm. So kind of a follow in father's footsteps type situation um, who would, you know, I, I figured like, well, maybe if he hears about Devasha's passing, then uh, he would step up. So um, fr- from Toric double O uh, Tyler was the corruption mechanic satisfying looking back, uh, given the mechanical handicap it opposed on you the way it resolved. I so I don't think I've, I've talked about this, but I was very close to getting going very, very dark with Devasho. Mm. I thought about having Devasho given to the gift entirely mm-hmm. in his pursuit to get back to his family to the point where it destroys his relationship with his family. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're, you're getting pretty dark there at yeah, certain points where and they're it, like, are you okay? Yeah, it was it was really hard. And, and I kind of wanted to do that because, and the reason why, I loved the mechanics of the corruption gifts. I loved the corruption gifts. I liked having those as, I liked yeah. what they did. I liked all the drawbacks and the negatives. And I definitely want to play know, around uh, with Trest to be getting before. upset because my healing was halved. You know, like, um, <laughs> oh, all, all that was, all Forgot that. how I, bad some of them were. Oh, man. oh, they were so bad. I Some mean, were so I, bad. literally, Jabert would be like, all right, I've healed you for 50 points of damage. I'm like, nope, 25. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. But I love, I, despite all that, I love mechanically, loved them. I really wanted to keep them throughout all of the, the AP. But when book four came around and Devasho had this opportunity to, to go through this kind of cleansing and rid himself of the corruption and then and then further follow that into book five. I really wanted his story to be more positive. I couldn't bring myself to turn this into a like a um, Darth Vader, which mm-hmm. is really kind of which was what I was beginning to kind of think of it as a model after is where like, well, I could just turn to the dark side. Um, but uh, but you did. So, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I was I, I, ready I was to go there with you, but I, I think the story of you like shunning them and like just just taking the negatives, you know, like bearing that cross until you could figure out a way to get rid of it was it's pretty cool. Well, and this and it just worked out that way because Devasho kept going down. Like, I, I think it would have been different if Devasho kept just stay like holding his ground, never falling and just and just, you know, trouncing all these swarm components, I think that would have given him a different feeling. But the fact that you just kept knocking me unconscious over and over and over again. And, you know, then this gift is like, oh, we need to be more powerful. It's like, yeah, you can't even help me right now. I'm on the verge <laughs> of death all the time. So uh, you know, how much different can it be without you? Uh, I, so I think that helps mold the narrative as well. Um, from our, our good friend James in the the UK uh, for you, Jabert. Um, did you enjoy playing a sport character? I think you answered this in the Discord already, but yeah. <laughs> uh, was there anything you'd uh, want to change in your build to make it more interesting or effective? Um, I mean, I I was pretty happy with the way I built Trest. Uh, I enjoyed sort of the support elements of Trest, but I think that one of the things that um, I felt as I was thinking about what I wanted the character to be was uh, that um, there are some challenges towards using the mystic for support um, because some because you know the, you'll have some sort of class abilities that are a little support-ish um, those are pretty limited um, and if you're relying on spells 
you're going to need to be a higher level character if you want to rely on those for any amount of time mm-hmm. during your play session, you know, or doing our, during a dungeon or whatever. So, um, so I found that the solar weapon was actually a huge help in giving mm-hmm. me something else to do um, that was also helpful to the team. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, when I wasn't, you know, casting pre-combat spells and so um so yeah so i i I was pretty happy with the way it turned out um as far as uh some some things i wish i'd done differently i wish i'd had remove radiation but that's (laughs) that's more a uh that's more a concern about uh the way that spell selection works and um Sort of the limitations of access to spells works in this game, but yeah, that one's that wasn't uh, super useful towards the the end. I mean, it could have been, but the right, right. It, it, no, book, if I had if I had it when I needed it, it would have been very helpful. But it, there, there's a radiation yeah. bit in book two that I was very concerned about because I was like, I don't want someone to like, uh, <laughs> you know, on this this uh, this trip through space, just like have their character wither away. <laughs> Um, because uh, yeah, it's it's a little dangerous if you can't make those those fort saves. Mm. Um, those are our questions for for you fan, guys from the fans. Um, do you have any uh, last questions for one another for me before we we head out? I mean, I gotta go. I mean, Jabert is. I mean, I kind of want to go. I, this is going back to a previous question, but mm-hmm. is do you bum fuzzle over everybody else? <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, Ooh. yeah, bum fuzzle, <laughs> a, a plus. Bum fuzzle, I, I, a plus. I, I, we did, we didn't talk about bum fuzzle, and I, I was like, oh, this is right, fine. Right. We have to talk about bum fuzzle. Like, I think if I had to make my my A team amongst all the seasons and all the characters, right, it, it would it would probably be uh, Alindra and Echo and Sprouts and bum fuzzle and Adros. Oh God, uh, I don't, I don't want to hear, I don't want to fight that team. No thing. Yeah. <laughs> Two operatives this season of, was felt so good. I no. was so happy with it. No. Just all <laughs> operatives. Just five operatives. Yeah, <laughs> I, that, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah, no, Every I skill check. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, 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 have a, I have a I have a deep soft place in my heart for Andus, but uh mm. oh boy, there's just a little warm warm snuggly pocket that's just goblin sized right there in my yeah. heart and 100% uh, that yeah. that um fanny pack thing that you had going on the oh, utility belt yeah. I fanny pack man I remember every time you wanted to do a trick and you're like bumfuls will pull out one of those <laughs> those like those fans with like the the, yeah, the, the little the water, water spout on, on it yeah, and exactly. just, like, he's like ah! And gets them in your eyes, and it's like this, what? This is not a season two retrospective. <laughs> <laughs> it is sorry. now. Hey, welcome I'm to sorry. the Bum Fuzzle Podcast. <laughs> um, I, I feel uh, like Tress and, and Bum Fuzzle are similar because you had so many different spells and or tricks and or you could just run up and, and fight and make the combat. <laughs> um, not something that uh, Andis could could necessarily do. Um, not with that baton. I was, I was, I was, <laughs> you I was level out. 13. I'm like, you pulled it out. 1d4. Here we go, buddy. <laughs> whack, whack, whack. <laughs> whack, whack, whack. Bonk, bonk. 
Remember when you, uh, remember when Patrick was like, you want to leave your gun here when we were on, uh, oh, that one, that one planet, <laughs> you just dismantled your, like, Aphelion laser rifle? I, I just <laughs> purchased it at full price, I and I was so You're upset. I was like, I cannot believe, I can't believe I have to do this, and oh I just gosh, put it in the so incinerator, funny. and I was just like, oh, man. <laughs> Uh, I, I, that was one of those moments where I was like, oh, okay, well, he'll just like put his baton in there or something, right? Nobody made like, you do that. Here's my $10,000 gun. And it's like, what? Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, that was so good. But it led, Jesus. but it led to great, it led having you having that sonic rifle, yeah, which then led to like, out. then it led to a whole like the conserve infusion and then the boost uh, move action using your. Uh, Cortex. Oh my I mean, god, was- this isn't a season one retrospective title. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> on Sorry, subject. we just talk about as we talk about characters, all this stuff comes to mind and I just like talking about it. I'm I, trying to I, wrap you know. this up and you just keep going to. back seasons. Do so, you want, you want to talk it. about the the season zero where we homebrewed uh, a campaign? You want to talk about that <laughs> some too? No, no, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about. Wait, wait, was that character's name win too? Miles? There was a win in that. Yes. Alright, that's uh the titles of the season were all video games um, or not the titles, the, the the introductions that I gave uh, from Super Mario Brothers in episode one to the Final Fantasy remake 199 um, season one. I did like movies and TV sci fi movies and TV and season two was music. Do you guys have a, a guess as to what season four is going to be novels TV shows? Uh, I'm not that well read. Uh, and J- I don't, ex- J- I don't J- store that. database articles. I don't expect that of our audience to be like, this is another book you've probably not read. <laughs> <laughs> Old Man in the Sea. <laughs> that's right. Uh, uh, you're you are the fish that's half eaten on the side of a boat. <laughs> and you're a Vasho. Bring it up. You're a smelly. You're, you're a smelly shark eating a fish. <laughs> you're a whole school of flying fish uh, hopping out I of mean, the water. I mean, I hope you do either horror movies or just B movies. Oh, general. I gotta I gotta save horror if we ever do um, Signal of Screams. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, we may about, never, but I want to save them. Miles, I guess. I was gonna say kaiju movies. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, it's larger than life, and there's Ooh, enough of what about, them. What about board games? <laughs> You're a red uh, meeple walking through the the, the game. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. I, maybe I've not finalized that, and this is just me uh, farming ideas. Board games. Board games. And Patrick was like, "Huh? Oh, oh, oh! This is a bad idea. I should make something else." <laughs> You're a battleship that now owns three properties. You're you're a character in Starfinder, Rebecca. <laughs> Dude, TTRPGs. Um, oh, that's it. That's the end of this season. That's going to do it for season three. This is us nailing up the coffin. Um, I've got a ton of people to thank, including the five of you guys, first and foremost, because 199 episodes... You know, we knew eventually um, we were going to mess up our numbering system, Rebecca, um, because we we have like a three digit <laughs> numbering system for our uh, our episodes. Um, we are now one fifth of the way to messing that up, almost. 
<laughs> when, when we get to a thousand episode one thousand. Oh man. I didn't think we were gonna get to two hundred, so I was I, like I think, joking I think about if we ever it. make it to episode one thousand, my wife's just gonna shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, we just like need I to said, invent a number that's bigger than nine, but like less than I mean, ten. Uh, when, when this episode comes out, we're over four years old. We've passed our four-year anniversary, which is crazy to think about. And um, actually, what day is it? From when 16th. we're recording this, it's like this coming week. It's this coming Monday. Yeah, the 21st, right? August 21st, yep. 2017 was like our first episode. So thank you for playing with me for a full year. Because I think this is probably the four-year anniversary of us playing the first episode, episode Wild. zero Wild. Of, of Cosmic Crit. Unbelievable. All right. Thanks for playing with me for four years. Uh, our Patreon supporters have been with us the last couple of years. Thanks for making this show happen, um, paying for us to continue to, to make this and make more podcasts like Dead Men Roma Crits, which if you're not listening hmm. to, is released now for free um the first 20 episodes maybe by the time this comes out or so um and a ton more on the the patreon that's it's like eight months ahead on the patreon you can listen to about 60 episodes there at this point uh thank you for for that and making things like us partnering with Paizo possible. Uh, thank you, Paizo, for um, well, thank you, Paizo, especially uh, folks like Jason Keeley for hiring me to write a book in Starfinder. Yeah. That's insane. Um, I think someone asked if I would write if I would do another one, and it's like if, if I had time, I would write all the books. So, but I want them to keep we'll reaching out to new and awesome authors out there and, and getting new and crazy stories every single time. So um, uh, special th- thanks to Seth for doing the character art for this season and also the last couple of seasons and our other art- artistic partners out there that that uh, we, we've hired for some, some art as well. Um, and yeah, just general thanks to all the Crittermanders, all the listeners. Um, so before we completely wrap up, I think we need mm-hmm. to share what is next on the docket for Cosmic Crit. Right. Oh boy, if everyone has oh. has gotten through an hour and a half of hearing us reminisce about season three, they've <laughs> they've earned it, I think, Rebecca. Um, a little hint about what's coming next for the podcast, because next week, um, well, I can tell you right now, next week is not the start of season four. In fact, season four has been, I mean, technically postponed uh, a, a little while as we're going to play... Um, something else we're going to play not another game but another adventure uh we are taking a detour next week and for the next few weeks i have no idea how long it's going to be to the red planet of akaton with multiple special episodes of of cosmic crit that's right you guys are going to be creating all new level one characters for the adventure Junkers Delight by Jason Keeley and Misha Bushyager starting next week, which is <laughs> you guys you guys need to finish the characters, right? I need to get working on that. Right? I, I believe I, I believe that was I'm called kidding. by I've already, one I've person on the Discord. One person on the Discord got that. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I forget who it was James. Was. It was James, James James calls too much stuff, and I think I confirmed it <laughs> uh with 
with him he's like you're too smart for your own good we all uh, got really silent when he said that we were well, like it just hey, came don't, well, don't when call us out when you're listening to this it just came out at the end of july or the beginning of august and i mean spoiler warning it's really good and it's gonna be really fun it's gonna be a nice little palate cleanser before we get into high level play again moving from level 13 to 13 um yeah so it's it's technically a break between the seasons this is not season four this is not a mini season it's just some adventures but yeah with with some new and old pcs going on a little fun adventure you guys excited for a little fun expedition who i'm i'm very excited because this is the scenes heavily western uh, influenced oh yeah and dusty red planet i just love that genre so much and so mm-hmm. i've had a ton of fun writing the backstory for this oh no spoilers about your character <laughs> but uh yeah all new characters and we might see some familiar faces here and there um now that we're we are f- firmly back in the packed worlds uh, singular world. Um, I think I, I already mentioned this to you guys, but no starship combat <laughs> in this story. So yeah! uh, we'll see how long it goes. It is a level one to four adventure path. You can pick it up right now if you want to play it before we start playing next week. Um, or okay. if you want to just read it and see how wrong we get it. Uh, Junker's Delight. Um, yeah, that's going to do it. Right. So we'll, we'll so. Catch, catch you guys back here for a very special kickoff episode for these mini episodes um i'm sorry just to be clear so we have junker's delight and then season four in case anyone missed it is devastation arc right devastation arc we we have made some some general announcements but that is the return of uh knack alindra and Andis, uh, Raimi, and Adros at level 13. And we are going to be making more announcements as we get closer to that and to episode 200 um, in the, the coming months. But um, yeah, do a little palate cleanser before we start that because it is a little intense going from a god host boss fight to more level 13 combat <laughs> uh trust me it's gonna this is gonna be and i i'm very excited for all of our listeners to meet these level one characters level one is special because you get to meet somebody brand new and i don't think we're gonna disappoint anybody at all <laughs> this is gonna be wild well and i like shorter campaigns because you can take more risks that way you know oh yeah and i'm gonna be uh murderizing you guys good uh, at lower <laughs> levels just really cranking up the difficulty um thank you guys for for playing with me all this season and the last three seasons thank you patrick thank you patrick Listeners, Thank you, buddy. Thanks, thanks for sticking with Cosmic Crit, and we will see you next week for Junker's Delight. Bye-bye. So Good long. night. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye to all these characters. Toodles. I'm not ready. Oh, you're going to have to fight the brood soul eventually, so don't oh, you worry. You forgot true. all about that. Forgot about <laughs> the brood, brood soul's soul. coming back for you, buttholes. No, I need to make Devasho into a vanguard. Cosmic Crit, 
an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. The Starfinder role-playing game and adventure paths are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder and Starfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.